For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order there's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the sunshine state or any other destination on your fishing bucket list book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids with over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. From Mediator's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review, presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to steeldealers.com. Now, here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. A freight train killed an entire herd of elk in Washington State last week in what officials described as an extremely unusual and disturbing accident. The incident occurred near the town of Washougal, about 20 miles northeast of Portland. Local media reports that the train's crew sounded the whistle, but they couldn't stop in time. The train stayed on the tracks, and no humans were injured. I can't say the same for the elk. The Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife reports that between 24 and 26 elk were killed in the accident. Officials believe they may have been using the tracks as a travel corridor to navigate through the steep landscape. Elk are frequently in the area around the tracks, but it's uncommon for there to be so many elk on the tracks at the same time. The fact that the officials were unable to determine exactly how many elk were killed helps explain why officials also said the animals were not salvageable. And also why they say, don't stand on the tracks when the train's coming through. My mom always said. Thanks to Isaiah McDonald for sending this one in. This week, we've got legislation, crime, and California salmon. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. And my week was, well, it hasn't really happened yet, if I'm being honest. I'm writing this a little far in advance in order to be at the BHA rendezvous. By the time you hear this, rendezvous will be over, but the BHA auction will still be live. This year, I donated a trip for one person to get set up for hunting season the best way I know. I teamed up with Weatherby and we are giving away a Meat Eater Edition 300 Weatherby Rifle. Boxes ammo, a Vortex Viper LHTI scope, scope mounts. We're flying you in for a day of shooting with the pros at Weatherby. We'll get your rifle set up, then we'll bust a bunch of clay pigeons with some fancy new shotguns. 
I'll drive you around, I'll pick you up from the airport, and I'll do as much shooting as I can get into. All you need to do is show up with a rifle case to get your goods home. Still time to bid on that trip. It'll be fun and productive. Just head over to the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers website or to the Cal's Week in Review page at TheMeatEater.com. Thank you in advance for bidding high for conservation, and I'll see you in Sheridan, Wyoming, hopefully sometimes this summer. Moving on to the legislation desk. The South Dakota Game, Fish, and Parks Commission voted unanimously last week to cap the number of non-resident deer and antelope licenses for archery hunters on public land. South Dakota joins many other states in limiting the number of non-resident public land hunters. However, there is still no limit on the number of non-resident private land licenses that can be sold. A spokesperson for South Dakota Bow Hunters Incorporated told the South Dakota Searchlight that this, quote, hands-off approach to private land hunting fails to consider wildlife as a public resource. Staying in the Dakotas, the North Dakota House passed a bill late last month that would limit the authority of the Game and Fish Department to ban deer baiting on private land. Current law allows the department to ban baiting within 25 miles of a detection of chronic waste disease. This bill, HB 1151, would allow hunting big game over bait on private property from August 25 through January 7th, Bait could not exceed 50 gallons, and it must be set back 150 feet from a landowner's property line. The bill now heads to the Senate, so anyone concerned about the legislature eliminating the management tool of regulating bait in North Dakota should contact their state senators. As I've said many, many times on this show, game regulations are easy to change. Laws are not. Connecticut hunters are in a fight to allow black bear hunting in the state as the bear population grows alongside conflicts between bears and humans. Senate Bill 1148 would allow the Commissioner of Energy and Environmental Protection to establish an annual bear hunt in Litchfield County. Permits would be issued by lottery, and no more than 50 bears would be allowed to be taken in a year. Nearly 1,000 people testified in person or via written comment at the bill's first hearing before the Committee on Environment. Supporters of the bill, which include Governor Ned Lamont and the State Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, argue that a bear hunt will help reduce human-bear conflicts. Opponents say the state should focus on non-lethal deterrent methods and a don't-feed-the-bears public relations campaign. Seems like there's some compromise there by doing all of the above. To get involved, contact your Connecticut state legislators. In Wisconsin... Two Republican legislators are circulating a bill that would require Wisconsin wildlife officials to establish a new population goal for wolves in the state in their next management plan. The current wolf management plan is supposed to limit the wolf population to 350 wolves, but the Department of Natural Resources estimates that the actual population is closer to 1,000. The DNR's draft management plan released in November doesn't call for any specific population size, This bill, which has not yet been officially introduced, would require the DNR to set a population goal, but it does not say what the goal should be. Thanks to Andrew Whitman for sending that one in. The Florida legislature is considering a bill that would enshrine the right to hunt and fish in the state's constitution. If passed, Senate Bill 1234. That's right, it's not the combination to your luggage anymore. It's Senate Bill 1234. What's your password, Michael? Um, oh, that's one, two, three, four. Yes. Would bring Florida in line with at least 23 other states that have adopted the right to hunt and fish in their state constitution. Maine 
is once again in the news for attempts to legalize Sunday hunting. A group called Maine Hunters United for Sunday Hunting held a press conference last week announcing their flagship legislation. Instead of allowing Sunday hunting across the board, this bill would create a Sunday hunting permit, which those with an archery or crossbow hunting license could purchase for $31. The money generated would be distributed among the Land for Maine's Future Fund, the Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife, the Bureau of Warden Service, and Youth Hunter Education Programs. A poll commissioned by Maine Hunters United for Sunday Hunting found that 48% of residents support the proposal, while 27% oppose, 25% expressed a neutral position. The bill has not yet been given a number, but you can bet that Mainers will have a chance to weigh in once it has one. The Louisiana Department of Fish and Wildlife is seeking a public input on new red drum fishing regulations. They plan to present to the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. Thanks to Connor Ackerman for sending this one in, as well as a bunch of other folks. The department says that while the spawning stock is still above limits, too few fish are surviving to join the offshore spawning population. The percentage of fish that escape offshore is called the escapement rate, and the department says that that rate should be at least 30%, but the current rate is only 20%, which is why they're considering several potential management options. They would like to reduce the total red drum harvest by 35%, which means adjusting creel limits and slot sizes. If the starting minimum slot size is 18 inches, for example, The creel limit can be set at three fish if zero fish are allowed over the maximum slot size. There are several other scenarios you can view at the department's website or by visiting themeateater.com forward slash cal. If you like to fish for red drum off the Louisiana coast, I've only been once and it's pretty darn fun. The Department of Fish and Wildlife wants to hear from you. What kind of creel limits and slot sizes would you be happy with? Let them know by filling out the survey, which you can find at themeateater.com forward slash cal. Texans earned a temporary victory last week when the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department announced that Fairfield State Park will be open for day use beginning March 14th. The 1,400-acre park had been sold to a developer, but Texas Parks and Wildlife worked out this temporary deal after massive public outcry. Since closing the park in February, we have heard an outpouring from Texans who would love to visit their park, said Texas Parks and Wildlife Department State Parks Director Rodney Franklin. While we still stand committed to reaching a compromise that would save Fairfield Lake State Park for future use, our team will be working hard to keep this gem as accessible as possible for as long as possible. The park will be open on a first-come, first-served basis until the park reaches daily capacity. Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission Chairman Arch Applin has vowed to continue negotiations with the park's new owner to allow for future public use. In national news, President Joe Biden announced last week a new executive order aimed at curbing gun-related violence. The wide-ranging order proposes policies supposedly designed to keep guns away from criminals, hold the gun industry accountable, and tweak federal law enforcement efforts to trace guns and ammunition. The order directs Attorney General Merrick Garland to, quote, move the U.S. as close to universal background checks as possible without additional legislation. The administration hopes to do that by clarifying who is engaged in business of selling firearms and is therefore required to obtain a federal firearms license and run background checks on gun purchases. Under current law, private parties can buy and sell guns without a background check unless a state has passed a law banning those sales. 
private parties must obtain a federal firearms license if they are, quote, engaged in the business of selling guns, which the feds have so far refused to define clearly. They say that if a person repetitively buys and sells firearms for the principal motive of making a profit, that person needs to obtain a license. But they do not define repetitively or how they might determine someone's motive. We'll see how the Attorney General decides to word the new regulations, but the President clearly wants him to ban as many private sales as possible. If that happens, hunters may need to think twice before selling a rifle to a buddy. Moving on to the fishing desk. California has banned ocean salmon fishing along its entire 840-mile coast. State officials made the decision to close the salmon fishery this year after a sustained drought wreaked havoc on the fish population. This is only the second time in history the state has closed the fishery. The last closure occurred in 2008 and 2009 after another period of sustained drought. The actions were taken to protect Sacramento River Fall Chinook, which returned to the Central Valley in 2022 at near-record low numbers, and the Klamath River Fall Chinook, which had the second-lowest abundance forecast since the current assessment method began in 1997. The sport fishery was set up to open on April 1st, but will now be closed through May 15th. The Pacific Fishery Management Council has proposed three options for what the state will do between May 16th of this year and May 15th of next year. Unfortunately for California anglers, in none of these three alternatives will any ocean salmon fishing be open along the Golden State coastline. Oregon and Washington will still allow salmon fishing to varying degrees, but the Pacific Fishery Management Council has already decided to close California. But that doesn't mean you can sit on the sidelines. On March 21, 2023, the Management Council will hold a public hearing in Santa Rosa to receive public comment on those three alternatives. These management plans contain varying season dates and creel limits for the fisheries in Washington and Oregon, so California anglers who plan to travel north to fish should still get involved. The public can also submit comments online, and we'll post a link to that website at themeateater.com forward slash cal. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. 
And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Moving on to an unfortunately packed edition of The Crime Desk. Remember that woman who accidentally shot and skinned a husky, then bragged on Facebook about killing a wolf? There's been an update in that case. Amber Rose Barnes pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor charge of animal cruelty and was given a six-month deferred sentence, according to TMZ. The Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks did not charge her with a hunting violation because dogs are not under their jurisdiction, but the Montana animal cruelty status prohibits killing an animal, quote, negligently, and, quote, without justification. I don't believe Barnes was trying to be cruel to domestic dogs, but that's what the law says. She must take an online hunter safety course, and she won't be allowed to use her hunting rifle for the next six months. If she completes those requirements and doesn't skin any more dogs during this probationary period, her entire case will be dismissed. This might sound like a light sentence for an infraction that jumped the outdoor media barrier and swept across the country, but I think she's probably learned her lesson. She claimed the dog was barking and growling at her, and she didn't have any reason to expect to see a husky in Flathead National Forest, but she was still hammered on social media, mainstream media, and pretty much everywhere else. Speaking of skinning dogs, and I hope to never use that transition again, a different hunter in Connecticut has been criminally charged after he shot and skinned a pair of German shepherds. 61-year-old Michael Konchak told a judge that he believed the dogs were coyotes when he killed them with a crossbow while deer hunting. He skinned both dogs and cut off their heads, which still haven't been found. The dog's owners say the shepherds escaped through a damaged fence and they launched a petition to have Konchak criminally charged. They say that the, quote, murder of their dogs has caused unimaginable trauma, suffering and exhaustion for the family. Looking at the images of the shepherds, whose names were Simo and Lieben, I can understand why someone would think they were big coyotes from a distance, but like Barnes, Konchak should have realized what he'd done upon closer inspection and turned himself in. Two Nebraska men hunted and killed a bald eagle and tried to eat it, according to the Stanton County Sheriff's Office. Officials received a report of a suspicious vehicle parked in a field near the Wood Duck Recreation Area in the northeastern part of the state. When they went to investigate, they found two 20-year-old Honduran nationals with a North American bald eagle in their possession. The Sheriff's Office cited both men for unlawful possession of the eagle, but they have since been released. Sheriff Mike Unger told the Washington Free Beacon that he's tried to contact the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service about the case, but has yet to receive a response. Under the Eagle Protection Act, wounding or killing an eagle can result in a fine of $100,000 and one year in prison for a first offense. And speaking of killing birds of prey, a Michigan man recently pled no contest after shooting and killing three young Cooper's hawks earlier last year. Officials say that 65-year-old Arthur Anderson of Macomb Township had hired a utility company to come cut down trees on his property. 
When the utility company refused to disturb the trees due to the bird's habitat, Anderson retrieved a shotgun from his house and shot the nest at least five times. Three dead hawks then fell to the ground. Anderson owes $4,500 in reimbursements to the state and $475 in fines and costs. He will also be on probation for six months, and the shotgun he used to shoot the birds was confiscated. Over in Hawaii, poachers killed what the media described as eight beloved piglets at a Hawaiian country club. Sorry, I can't say that without uh, laughing. Local media reports that members of the country club in Wahiwa are mourning after they say poachers trespassed onto the property and killed a litter of baby pigs. The mother and piglets moved onto the golf course about eight months ago, and patrons say they became an immediate sensation. Eight-month-old pigs are pigs, not piglets. Golfers kept them safe along golf cart paths and presumably yelled for whenever the animals wandered onto the fairway. Unfortunately for this pack of peaceful porkers, their paradise was soon shattered by two poachers who, in full view of patrons and groundskeepers, set hunting dogs loose on the golf course and gunned down all eight piglets. Police reports have been filed, and country club patrons are vowing to fight for tighter hunting restrictions in the state legislature. I don't think tighter hunting restrictions would uh, have anything to do with this situation. That's trespassing. Game wardens in Louisiana cited 10 hunters ranging from 19 to 54 years of age for possessing pods while bow hunting. That's P-O-D-S. Agents were on patrol along the Mississippi River earlier this year when they initiated compliance checks on hunters south of Lake Providence. Agents found all 10 hunters in possession of pods, and they confirmed that one of them had taken an antlerless deer using a pod. For those unfamiliar, pods are attached to an arrow and contain poison that causes death even after a poorly placed shot. Archery hunters have debated the ethics of arrow pods, and Fred Bear famously developed and held patents for these devices. But every major bow hunting organization opposes their use, and I'd guess that the vast majority of hunters feel the same way. Aeropods are illegal in 49 states, the exception, Mississippi. And last stop at the crime desk, three East Texas men have been accused of running a multi-state poaching ring that officials say are responsible for illegally killing over 100 white-tailed deer. 21-year-old Carson Bottoms, 24-year-old Drake Cannon, and 18-year-old Reagan Farquharson. Yeah, we're going to go with Farquharson. Scott Farkas staring out at us with his yellow eyes. <laughs> Allegedly poached deer in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Iowa. Texas Parks and Wildlife says the men trespassed and shot deer at night and then took them home to process them. Well, hats off to them for processing them, I guess. More arrests could be made, and officials say they've contacted U.S. Fish and Wildlife for possible federal charges. Moving on to the Urban Encroachment Desk. A new study from the polling and research company Pew has found that most states are seeing explosive growth in urban areas, both in terms of people and land. Hunters, anglers, and wildlife officials have long been concerned about the acceleration of urbanization in our country, but this study puts some hard numbers on those fears. Between 2010 and 2020, 36 states increased the percentage of residents living in urban environments as defined by the U.S. Census Bureau. This change was led by booming suburbs in the South, Southwest, Midwest, and California. Austin, Texas saw the biggest change. Austin's population grew by 33% in the last decade, and the urban sprawl added almost 100 square miles of formerly rural land. 
That's 64,000 acres no longer available for quality wildlife habitat or outdoor recreation. Other cities that saw big population booms include Raleigh, Charleston, Orlando, Provo, Orem, which is the greater Salt Lake City area, and Des Moines. All of these cities saw their urban areas grow between 21 and 25%. This might not come as a surprise to most hunters, but it's still a helpful reminder. Our country doesn't look like it did 30 or even 10 years ago. Increased urbanization means that fewer people have access to places to hunt and fish, which is why the percentage of hunters is about half of what it was 40 years ago. That means we should be working twice as hard to show that urban dwelling population the truth about the sport we love. The vast majority of hunters follow the rules, take ethical shots, and harvest all the meat they can. The money from filled or unfilled tags and licenses goes to protect wild places and animals, and not just the animals we hunt. As more and more folks move to cities and suburbs, telling those stories will be more important than ever before. That's all I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. As per usual, write in to A-S-K-C-A-L. That's askcal at themeateater.com and let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. You know, I appreciate it. Also, if you're trying to figure out where to uh, pile your pennies, dial up www.steeldealers.com and find a local knowledgeable steel dealer near you. They're going to get you set up with what you need, and they won't try to send you home with what you don't. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks, sent right to your door visit mauinuivenison.com that's m-a-u-i-n-u-i venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order